You know who would love that lasagna meal would be Gordo because he yeah. pretends to have lasagna every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that Gordo is 10,000 miles away right now pretending to have lasagna. <laughs> pretending to have kielbasa lasagna. <laughs> yeah, he made up a non... Uh, I love that he's not going to know we said this until he's at home alone editing, editing the episode. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Gordo. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week, we're going to be talking about AP Bio. AP Bio went 42 episodes over four seasons, originally on ABC before moving over to Peacock. Today, we're talking about episode one, which is called Catfish, originally airing February 1st, 2018. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys, most of them, Nick, Joe, and Ferg. What's going on, guys? hey Yo. My name is Joe, and I don't want to be here. That's actually a lie. I missed you guys. I wasn't here last week. It's nice to see everybody. Yeah, that's right. We took a little, uh, in, you know, to peel it back a little bit, we, we've actually been on a little mini vacay. <laughs> so we're, just, we're getting back in the swing of things. As it turns out, everybody seems to be busy in the month of August, and you really got to work ahead yeah. and work behind to make that work out. We had a lot of multi-vacations all going on at the same time, but but we made sure we gave you guys an episode every week. So We're doing back to school month right now, and I love fall weather so much. And even though it's so out of character for me, I actually have a hoodie from our high school. And I was going to wear it on one of the episodes, but it has been unnecessarily hot. I know. It's actually been a cooler, rainier summer, but I feel like every time we have to record and shut off the air conditioners, it's 85 and 100% humidity. It got weird, yeah. All of a sudden, from Labor Day on, it got 1,000 degrees hotter. Um, Yeah, no, this is back-to-school month. Last week, we did Mr. Iglesias. Joe, you weren't around for that one. Um, Now we are following up today with AP Bio. I wouldn't say I missed it, Bob. Maybe by week four. (laughs) Maybe week four, we can try to find stuff from our high school to where in two weeks when it's a little colder i guess i really hope it's nicer weather in two weeks i hate i hate 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 the speaking summer weather of so much. I, I was thinking about this when i saw our instagram graphic with the schedule of our shows for the back to school how glad are you that we don't have to go to school <laughs> because i will wait i don't you know nobody likes going to work but i will wake up and go to work any day instead of going to school i fucking like the idea of maybe having to go to school gives me anxiety like i hate it well, in fair, like you hated it more than we did in the moment, too. That's true. That is true. So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to say I loved school. I didn't, but I don't know. I was always such a, I like being around people. And like, we had such a good core group of friends when we were kids. So I enjoyed seeing everybody every day. I agree, but I don't think that's what Nick is saying, though. I think what Nick is saying is, how happy are you when you see some kids hopping off to school? Like, my first thought isn't, like, they're going to go hang out with their friends like I did. My first thought is, like, I need to slam two more coffees in me, and I'm so glad I'm not sitting at 7.30 with a bell ringing over my head. Like, that's a nightmare. I never You're lugging a fucking bag full of books you didn't read the night before, but you should have. You're trying to figure out how you're going to get out of <laughs> not having the homework. It's just a fucking miserable experience my backpack was like incredibly nick was it you 
Yeah, you put it on me in front of John's dugout. <laughs> he rolled backwards. <laughs> My bag was unnecessarily heavy. Apparently, we had Because lockers. Jay never used yeah. his locker. He would yeah. just stuff everything he owned in his bag. And it was like one of those, like, it was like an L.L. Bean, like, triple zipper bag. East so, pack, like, baby. at max capacity, it's like three feet off of his back. And he's just walking around with 65 pounds of nothing. I don't know why you carried so much. You never had your homework or books. <laughs> yeah, you never did never anything did for school. Homework. You just were walking around like you were in the army with a giant like rump sack on you. Or whatever. I, I explained this to, uh, I think I was talking to a couple guys at work the other day. And the only reason I even could graduate was because I was so good at like testing, but I did no homework. And I don't know, even looking back now, my mindset then. Math, is still science, my, STD. My, <laughs> my time at school is yours. You have me from like 8.30 to 2.30 or whatever it was. When I go home, that's my time. Like, you don't get to give me more work. Yeah, I mean, that's just never how it's been, though. <laughs> well. <laughs> I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. I think homework is kind of an archaic. You have me all day. Agreed. And I have a job when I get out of here. Like, oh, and when you leave, I need you to read these three books. Yeah, you can fuck right off. I was the opposite. I could not take. I still, to this day, like. I get anxious because I have to get like certifications and stuff like that for work. And like, I, I drag my ass on them because I cannot test. Like I can understand a subject fully, but I cannot take a test on it. Like I just freeze up. I double, uh, or second guess myself all the time and I just fall apart. It's miserable. The certifications are so long too. I've got like two hours worth of them that are due by the 16th. And it's another one of those things you're like, I don't want to do this after work hours, but I don't have time to do it during work because I'm working. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, I'm glad we missed that now they have is this is a thing that we're so lucky about, right? Like, it's great that we get work from home options in our lives that people didn't have back then. But now kids don't get snow days. They don't get it the way we did. But it was yeah. like, hey, look, it snowed. You're home playing Sega and like running around and having a good time. Now it's like work from home school day like that's such a bummer you is wake that up, like, like a thing school. though that they're doing that no you couldn't be more wrong they get more snow days than ever like it, we would have had to have four feet of snow to have school canceled if it's windy they cancel school now but they make you have to do stuff at home right no well, that's how it is up here at least i was gonna say i believe that's what a lot of schools moved to after like covid started because they realized that remote learning was possible like through zoom classes but I guess it depends on the town in or you know whatever how they want to handle that. To rewind back a little bit, AP Bio, the show we're covering this week. This was like again because of back to school month, we kind of just did all group picks. There's no one specific pick. But how familiar are you guys with this show uh, going into today? I watched it uh, a bit, like a couple seasons. Oh, wait, how many seasons are out again? Four. 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 I think I got through two. And it, again, it was just one of those shows that I stopped watching for no good reason. Like, well, after really season two, it, it moved to Peacock. So maybe that was why there was like a change. No, I binged it like not too long ago. When Peacock first came over, they were like, uh, hey, everybody, look, we're going to have The Office over here. And look, AP Bio. Like it was like in the commercials. Yeah. Do you like Dennis from Always Sunny? <laughs> Come watch AP Bio. Right. This is a good huge COVID he... show for us. We watched all of it during COVID. And I, I really love this show. He basically is just Glenn Howardin, by yeah. the way. Um, he's just kind of Dennis with a degree. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't play that different of a character in this show, to be fair. 
the weirdest character he's ever done that like he's always sort of that character except for in the crank movies where he plays a totally different character but an amazing character especially don't forget that 80s show which we covered that too but has anybody seen the blackberry movie no no it's uh it's like the it's the story of blackberry and it's uh him jay baruchel and uh a bunch of other people whose names i don't know (laughs) but actually you know what now that i'm talking about it he's just dennis but they put a bald guy wig on him (laughs) like he's just like some corporate ceo in that but he's like pretty unhinged there too so it's not too dissimilar good movie though if you're interested in it i'll watch that i've just been convinced we've covered this already so it would have been my pick probably three or four like months ago. But I just have in my head that we covered it. And I think it's from me and Joe just talking about it. I know as we <laughs> get deeper, it's like you guys say it, it's like it's crazy to me. I, I still right now I still have a pretty good like almanac of what we've covered and when. But more and more I'm hearing, did we cover that one? I have to search Spotify usually when I'm coming up with shows. I'm like, I feel like we've done this. And sometimes we have done it. I literally was thinking about Labor Day, and I was like, oh, should we do Major Dad? And I was like, oh, shit, we did Major Dad already. (laughs) I'm not doing Major Dad twice, Joe. (laughs) S1E2. That will actually, uh, Nick, since you mentioned Spotify, just a reminder to everyone, you can uh, listen to us wherever you want. Uh, You're listening to us right now, but Spotify, Apple, Google, it's all there. Amazon, you can listen to us on any weird app that has any type of podcast. We're usually on them. S1E1pod.com. Has all the links to all of that stuff, all our social media. Go to S1E1Pod on Instagram or X. Where, uh, you can talk to us there. Hit us up. We like talking to you guys, knowing the shows you want us to cover. Before we go forward, too, I just want to mention, AP Bio, I've never seen it up until today. This is the first time I watched any episode of it. I'm surprised because it does seem, I know you don't watch a lot of TV, but I know you're a big It's Always Sunny fan. It seems like something you'd like. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it wasn't due to lack of interest. It's just due to lack of watching a lot of television. Again, the irony's not lost that I do this show. Mm. This is one, though, that I can see you being like in, in the background show. Because I, I will say this, too, before we get too into it. I've seen the whole run of the show. And then like a month ago, my wife was rewatching it. And I watched the pilot with her before we even announced we were going to do the pilot. So then I watched the pilot for the third time today. And I was pulling things I didn't notice from it. I noticed a couple that I hadn't seen the first time either, yeah. yeah there was one that blew my mind that I cannot wait to talk about that I'm like, I know this exists in the real world, and now I need to have a copy of it. Well, the craziest thing about this show, though, is like, you go back and you watch this pilot, and there's all these students that just disappeared throughout the thing, throughout yeah. the three seasons, and they don't talk about it or anything. They're just gone. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't like Welcome Freshman where they're like, we'll leave this kid behind so he can stay or whatever. Yeah, like you like kids a lot in the first season and every season kids just change. You basically get like three core kids the whole way through. And who was the the redheaded kid? We He was in something he, we he did. He was in Mr. Gabriel that we just cut. Mr. Iglesias, oh, okay. yeah, which, right, we, yeah. which was last week's show. Yeah, so back yeah. to back episodes this kid's in. Uh, and yeah, in, to cover it, uh, IMDb scores this show uh, user rating at a 7.4 Rotten Tomatoes. Has a critic score of 88% and an audience score of 83%. All kind of hovering around that C to B range. I would say at this point, we've kind of did a good amount of intro. We might as well get into the episode itself. We start off with this uh, exterior of um, the sign for the high school. It's Whitlock High School. And this is in Toledo, Ohio. We come to find out later on. And we cut to inside where we see this classroom full of students and they're waiting for their teacher to enter. 
And it's pretty silent in the room until you hear like the screech of a car outside and they all race to the window and right in time to see this car run right through that sign that we saw earlier, which is like made of brick and stone. And he crashes right through it. It's not like it's, it's like a piece like, of granite and he yeah, knocks it's not it. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> and we're watching all this from like the perspective of the students, like looking through the window down at them. And there's a guy who like fell off his bike in the process. Who's now like running over to the <laughs> car to be like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? You almost killed me. And that's when we first meet the main character of the show, Jack, who grabs a crowbar and starts chasing after the guy on the bike. And the guy, you know, pedals off in a hurry. I love really setting a scene for a TV show. Like, what's this going to be about? Like, there are kids, some guy crashes his car, that then chases after a bicyclist with a crowbar. Win, win, Isn't this kind of how Rutherford Falls started because of that monument in the middle of the town? That I was crashing to the monument, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like the opening scene the same way, though. I couldn't remember. It's shot a little different. It's it's kind of a different visual. And now this guy who just got in the car accident enters the school, still holding this crowbar, walks right into the classroom, and all the kids are, like, hiding because they don't know what the hell's going on. And he tosses the crowbar on the desk and says, all right, everybody, let's go ahead and start to shut up now. And we find out that this is the new teacher. (laughs) Start to shut up now. He has so many great one-liners. One thing I love, though, and it goes through the whole episode, is that he carries everything with him constantly in a, like, plastic shopping bag. <laughs> he never... <laughs> he's, like... You find out that he's, like, this such great height sort of fancy guy. And, like, I love that. Because I was wearing, like, a nice top and sweatpants. He always has his food. Well, no, he's wearing his mother's clothes. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's just, like, like, everybody's mom just has, like, a ton... Like, they just saved the shopping bags. And so he's just using those. And wearing her, like, cable knit sweaters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like a cardigan, yeah. There's a lot of, like, weird, when you dissect things in this show, it's, like, tough to gauge him. You know, it's it's maybe a little complex. It might be holes in the plot, but there are definitely a couple head scratches. Do you think it would be easier to dissect him if he wasn't Dennis? Like, I feel like you're trying to pull from Dennis too much and not No, Glenn not Arden. necessarily. I'm I'm just seeing on the exterior level and just kind of, seeing things that don't make sense to me as far as just like consistency you know yeah we talk about just that he's you know he was a, a we'll talk more about his background but like he was a professor at an ivy league school and he's walking around in shopping bags and moved back to this area but seemingly has nothing you know like i can understand moving back but why don't you have things and stuff Pants? with you what yeah why are you essentially a homeless person who's crashing Hey, we don't know that those aren't his sweatpants. That's true. I'm assuming the sweatpants are his. Yeah. I like when he goes <laughs> to sit down. His, like, his chair, and it's a runner in the episode. This chair's, like, from the 50s. It's, like, the most broken-down desk chair. Old we had teachers who had these age. chairs still. Oh, though. yeah. For sure. This chair looks like the original desk chair. <laughs> That's a style of chair a lot of our teachers still had. It just pisses me off because of the way it's broken, it's completely missing a wheel. It's like, just take the other wheels off or do something. <laughs> it's not a salvageable chair at that point. Yeah, you can't expect someone to sit in it the way it is. Like, just by putting a fake, like a broken chair there doesn't solve any issues. And he goes up to the chalkboard and now he's explaining to everybody who he is. He says that his name is Jack Griffin and he doesn't want to be there. And uh, again, Glenn Howard is playing him. It is maybe a little difficult for me to separate him from Dennis at times. It's impossible. And I think that is, though, because he plays these characters so similar. There's that same kind of level of there psychosis. There are points of the character that kind of intersect. They're not entirely the same. No, it's not the same exact character, but it's a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of times where you see actors playing different roles and you can get lost in the character and kind of forget who they are. And here it's very tough because the characters have so many similarities. There's a few moments, though, like whenever he talks to Prince of Darkness, you can tell. And even when he just smiles talking to the three female teachers in the room, he just smiles at their story. And you see, like, that's not a Dennis move. Dennis would. I noted that smile as well, because that seemed like a genuine smile. Yeah, it seemed real and they kept it. He's not as much of a sociopath. He has like his sociopathic moments instead of just being a full on. (laughs) Yeah, like Dennis is a serial killer. (laughs) He was at a different point in his career. But when we covered that 80s show, he was a lot younger and always sunny hadn't happened yet but i didn't see dennis the whole time watching that episode and not that i saw him the whole time watching this one but it's it's a lot closer than it was watching that 80s show in comparison to always sunny well that 80s show he was a kid playing a kid he's like grown into an adult playing an adult if that makes any sense but it's not just a dennis thing i feel like that with every member of the always sunny cast well, we recently did Mythic Quest, which has like Rob McElhenney, and I didn't feel like I was watching Mac the whole time. You know, not as much like I would have here. It's not as bad, but like Charlie Day is always Charlie Day. I know. Wow. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What's her? What's Dee's name? Uh, Catherine. Caitlin Olson. Caitlin. Caitlin Olson. Like she has that other show, The Mick, which I'm sure we'll cover one day. And I've been told that that show is just D play, uh, playing a nanny somewhere, like. I will say, though, right, like, if you see, I'm just using an example, Rod Stewart or somebody, right? Like, if Rod Stewart pooping his pants or, like, Van Halen or something, like, they put the record out, like, they do what they were doing. Like, it usually bands and people like that. Like, if something works so well, you just kind of keep doing it, right? And then when yeah. you pivot away, perfect example, look how many bands had new singers in the early 90s and tried to do, like, something different. Like, when Motley Crue put out a grunge record with a different singer and the entire world was like... How fucking dare you attempt to do this, right? Like, you do something so well, but you pivot sometimes, it doesn't work. So I think it's like, it's not even a safety thing. I think it's just like, fuck, I'm good at this, right? He goes on to tell the kids a little bit about himself. And he's an award-winning philosophy scholar who, for whatever reason, needs to take a year off or has a year off from whatever he was doing. We don't know yet. And now he said he's living in his dead mom's apartment in Toledo teaching advanced placement biology. We'll see the apartment later, and, and I, I want to talk about that more when we get to it. Oh, oh, there's a lot to talk about there. But this was, like, confusing to me. So his mom died, I don't know how long ago, and this apartment just still existed for how long? Like, did she just die? It's recent. I can't remember but... if they go over it, but I, I think you're to assume that Does he that say it's apartment? Recent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's a nice apartment. It's two floors. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was just a house, which doesn't. It is sense. a but house. Yeah, but if it's an apartment, then it I think it's know. a duplex apartment, though. Like it's a duplex house, and you get both floors, sort of thing. In any event, though, like you don't, it just doesn't stay stagnant for X amount of time, regardless of the situation, unless it was a paid-off house and was passed to him, and he just didn't physically move anything. That's in there. the way I understood it. Yeah. But he did say apartment at the time. But who knows? Maybe she owned a multi-apartment house. And But it just seemed a little weird that once things went sour in his life, it was like, oh, well, I have my dead mom's apartment I can move into. Like, how long ago did she die? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because it's the pilot, so it's really not covered. I know she died recently. I don't remember the exact amount of time. Either way, they definitely don't get into it in this episode. In this episode, no. And he goes on to tell these kids that he doesn't care about AP bio and has no intention to like teach them anything. And further tells them like, Hey, 
So, you know, this isn't going to be one of those situations where I'm secretly teaching you things. This isn't going to be one of those things where you end up teaching me more than I teach you. Just like sit here, like don't do anything. And that's going to be what's going on. (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to be spending my time here trying to defeat my nemesis and taking his job as the head of Stanford philosophy and then have sex with as many women in California as I possibly can. And as he's going over all of this stuff and telling the kids, you see like all these drawings on the chalkboard that he does, which are all very like simple drawings, like stick figure type things. But it explains the sex, the, his nemesis, all the just the entire state of Canada is in there. <laughs> the state of Canada? I'm sorry, state of California. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm tired again. It's been a long week. Uh, I will say, though, the most it's interesting Tuesday. stick man drawing. <laughs> long week. It's been a very long week here, okay? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Interesting stick man where it's, like, made out of diamonds. Like, if I was to draw a stick man, I would do, like, triangle legs, one thing up, one, two, head. I, I tracked that this is a very interesting drawing of a stick person. I tried to recreate the drawing myself, and it didn't work, and the thing went up, so now his face kind of looks like Hitler, so I'm not going to put him on the screen because he has a little mustache. But it was hard to draw. I was going to say, for stick drawings, I was like, I don't think my brain would be able to put that together. Obviously, you in real life, they had legit artists do this. So it's like, it's fine. Can you imagine being a legitimate artist and you have to come in and draw chalk stick people on a wall? Hey, for the <laughs> right like, money. Yeah, sure. But like, usually you draw like hangman person, right? Yeah. You do like, yeah. that's how you draw a stick person. Right, yeah. Hangman rules. Not hangman page. He does not rule. But these are hangman rules. Is what I'm Disagree. So he nerds he ends by welcoming them all to ap vi and that's when we cut to the intro of the show it's like multiple pages of well it's made to look like the screen's made to look like pages out of a textbook a school textbook and there's a little bit of motion going on in the pages it's not just like flat images and it's all being um shown while they're playing listen to my heart by the ramones uh kind of a quick intro i think it's effective it's fine i love the intro it's one that i don't skip It's short. You know, I thought it could have been a little longer, but if you're not going to show like much other than flat ish images of textbooks, I guess you can't stretch it too long without it getting boring. I do love, too, that they kept the Ramones for the entire show. Like, that's an awesome thing to have as the theme song. And later on, they have the modern lovers, too. I'd love to talk to whoever did the music for this because there's some interesting choices that are pretty cool. Yeah. And from there, um, in the next scene, we get back to the classroom and he's reading like this book that his nemesis wrote. And the students are all just staring at him. And he's like telling them, hey, by the way, if you tell anybody that I'm not teaching you, you're getting an F. And if you keep your mouth shut, you get an A+. And he explains to them like, hey, you're all tired kids anyways. Like this is a good opportunity to relax. If you need any help sleeping, he gets a candy dish and just fills it with Tylenol PMs. <laughs> it's like saying, just take one of these and it'll knock you right out. <laughs> There's sort of a running theme in this show too that like you laugh at here and then they, they eventually address it where it's like, they have other stuff to do. Their whole, like, his whole day is this, but their whole day, this is, like, one of six classes they have to do. Right. So if you took, like, three Tylenol PM, it would really fuck up the rest of your day. You know what I was thinking about? The time you chugged cough syrup on the way to school and passed <laughs> out first period? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just looked over in class. You know what that was actually uh, to to talk about it. Not that I didn't remember until you brought it up. (laughs) That was like me being legit sick and needing cough medicine. This wasn't me trying to get like robo. Yeah, but I remember we, me, you, and Joe walked to school that day, 
and Joe had his McDonald's Coke, and you were like fucking upending a bottle on the way into middle <laughs> I took, school. <laughs> I took whatever amount, and then I don't know. I think they said like you can't bring the bot, like you couldn't bring medicine into school or whatever. Like that was like the rule. It was in middle school. And my brain's like, okay. And I just like drank the rest. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, was like, that was a smart thing to do. It's like when you're at a bar, they're like, you have a half a beer. It's like closing time. And you're like, I guess I'll just chug it when your brain should be like, just walk away from it. Yeah. You don't need to finish it. Like, yeah, you're not going to enjoy it that way. Right. No, but I was thinking about how in these types of shows, you always end up with like teachers like this, where they teach a class. <laughs> like, so you just right. teach us this yeah. one class of students. Cause it's never a different group of students throughout the day. It's always like the same class you see episode to episode. It's like yeah, all the shows do that. Yeah. But in, in essence, he'd be teaching at least two to three different, you know, classes in the day. Unless there's only one AP bio class, though. I was going to say, I don't think it would be the same with AP classes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe with get an college AP. credits and stuff. I guess fair. But I will say that this still applies to every other yeah, last week when we covered yeah. Mr. Iglesias, not to bring it up again, but we, we talked about it last week. I will say this. I'm going to prove a point, I think, real quick about this. I certainly was not. Was anybody here ever in any advanced placement classes? No. <laughs> I, think, I don't think I was. Jay, I'm going to answer for you. It's a, it's a big zero niner on that one. I don't no, think but I was, I was like, I tested very high in things. Like my, like my, in school, I was very, very good at math. I wouldn't be so much now. The, ma- the math system failed me and Joe. I'm terrible at math. Remember they put <laughs> us, they put us in that class. <laughs> Mr. Trengali. I was in that class with you. Were you? Yeah, they assumed we'd fail the MCAS and we yes. all passed. They just assumed we were going to fail it, so they put us in a prep class for it, and we didn't. I might have even told the story before. It was we all ended kids up way younger all than us, too, right? And wasted a semester in high school. What? Wasn't it all younger kids than us, too? It was like the three of us and then like a bunch of younger kids, too, right? Because it was a prep I class. I can't remember. Well, you only take the MCAS. What do you, do you take every other year MCAS? It was sophomore and senior, or. Also, for anybody who's not from Massachusetts, the MCAS was a state-specific... Standardized test. Unit of standardized testing that I don't... Bullshit. Does it exist? It was like middle school's SATs. Right. I got a high advanced in math in, in that. I was like in the upper, upper percentile. And again, probably barely passed my math classes that year just because I didn't do homework. To go back to this, one of the students raises her hand... Sarika Sarkar, I believe, was her name. And she was the first person to say anything since he's walked in. And she says that she wants to speak on behalf of all the student body to announce their displeasure in the fact that he's not going to be teaching them anything. And he cuts her off and he's like, what's your name? Say that again. And when she does, he's like, oh, that's a great name. And he says, that's like the philosopher, Probat Sarkar. And then like he starts quoting them and all the kids scramble and grab their books and they're trying to write notes. He's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Stop. No, no notes. I'm not trying to teach you anything. That is a very fun, like recurring gag here is they keep thinking he's teaching them. And keep trying to take (laughs) extensive notes. It works because it's advanced placement, right? Because you have him who's like legit, like a genius in his field. And all these kids who are hungry for knowledge. Imagine if we were in school and we had a teacher who said, hey, guys, I don't want to teach you shit. Just shut up. And this is a free class. We'd be like, fuck. Yeah. It's like having a substitute every day. (laughs) We had a few of those. Yeah. We had one who was so drunk all the time that I literally have seen the movie Selena like 55 times. No, but he's still trying to teach us. (laughs) The bad part. Fools Rush In, Tombstone, Mighty Ducks in French, which again, we've talked about before, my favorite thing ever. This is a Spanish class. French is the same thing. Head down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's a duck boy. Monsieur Ducksworth. 
he notices one of the kids, Devin, is like reading this book called Anarchy in Action. And he just kind of gives him like this like approval look. <laughs> like, okay. And he doesn't really verbalize it. As this is happening, the principal walks in, uh, Ralph Durbin, who's played by Patton Oswald. A fucking hero. Yeah, he has to speak well, with him in the hallway. You don't like Patton wait, Oswald? Wait, the whole time out. I have to stop there. Patton Oswald. You hate Patton wow. Oswald? What? Explain. He's For just a piece of shit. What? What are you talking about? He's one of the best and funniest humans ever. He's always fucking on Twitter, fighting with fandoms of, of different like shows and stuff. He's a miserable prick ever since his wife died. God rest her soul. Awkward. Jeez. For for example, he would hate our show because we make fun of Ghostbusters as much as we do. The remake of Ghostbusters, because his wife worked on it. Because his wife worked on it, you're not allowed to make fun of it. And he's gone heavy on people online. He's a piece of shit. Well, I'm going to go the opposite and say that I love Patton Oswalt. Uh, he's my favorite side character in Justified. I love his stand-up. And uh, he is. I've watched every episode of King of Queens, and I love it. You did uh, some Parks and Rec, too, right? Yes. One episode. Yeah. He's the guy who gets thrown into the lake at the end. It was the only one. I thought it was a recurring cut. Ca- no, he did like a filibuster thing, too, didn't yeah. he? At one That's of the-, the same episode. Oh, yes, right. That's when he's spinning. He's pushing the um the wheel with the stick. He's like, I'm pushing the stick. <laughs> yeah. It's who gets to live, who can handle living in the old-timey town longest, right? Well, the record, he's funny. I just don't like him as a person. He's also in a in a an indie movie where he plays a New York Giants fan. That's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, the fan. Yeah, a big fan. I think it's called big fan. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that yeah, was a wild movie. I believe the fan is the one with um, Robert De Niro and yes. Wesley Snipes. Yes, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, that great movie. Movies. Wesley Snipes. Now that's a piece of shit. Nah, man. <laughs> in the New Jack City. <laughs> so the, the two go into the hallway, and the first thing that happens is Jack asks for a new chair, and Ralph kind of nervously tells him that that's not in the budget. And he's like sheepishly trying to address an, an issue. Ralph, he, he, he wants to, <laughs> he asks Jack, like, is it laundry day? Like what's going on? <laughs> and I don't think at that point I really paid any mind to what he was wearing until they called attention to it. But he's in sweatpants, like a cardigan and like has like a t-shirt under the car. <laughs> you know, you know why you didn't pay attention? Because people fucking dress like that now. Like, it's true. Yeah. Like, exactly thank you for, I just gonna say it. And I bet teachers do too. That's what everybody, whenever I see kids walking to school, like we would always wear like jeans and a t-shirt or a button up shirt or whatever. Like the kids don't wear that now. Pajamas. Kids dress like, yeah, in pajamas constantly. It is insane. Yeah. Just go walk through Cambridge anywhere. <laughs> it's just full yeah, of it's kids. Just people in pajamas yeah. staring at their phones. That's all everything is anymore. For teachers, I feel like the sweatpants thing is the over the top. I think you could be casual, more casual than you used to be. You don't have to. You've be kind of top. always had a thing against sweatpants. Yeah, though. man. You're just anti sweatpants. I'm wearing them now. Teachers don't wear sweatpants <laughs> in school, though. That never. I'm anti. I am fully anti sweatpants. I'm. Not. I mean, joggers are a thing that are. Pri- I mean, they're but not. I'm sure if you went to school, you wouldn't see like the science teacher in joggers. Like that's not how that goes. I don't know. I haven't been checking out. Uh teachers lately but you never know they could be we don't know i wouldn't want to see our teachers in joggers <laughs> well now they're all so old because we're old so. <laughs> now i want it more <laughs> gray sweatpants with their old balls <laughs> 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 
Is it the first time Big Daddy ever got referenced here? I feel like we referenced Adam Sandler <laughs> a lot. That may be the first Big Daddy reference. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would bet we probably did. I hate my father at some point. Yeah, That's a good possibility. Yeah, but uh, Jack's like, hey, listen, I want to wear sweatpants. And you want to have a former Harvard professor teaching at your high school. So this is kind of like, you know, we both get what we want here. And I find that Jack's really good at getting into Ralph's head because he's telling Ralph how Ralph was being aggressive towards him. He's like, I thought we were going to be buds. Like, you know, the kind that went out to drinks. He's like, we can we can be that. Like, that's a thing. Drinks once a week, too. He, he lays the carrot yeah. of, like, a recurring drinks. He has this ability yeah. to read people. Like, he reads him, knows he'd want, just want a friend. He does it earlier when he's complimenting her name and, and um, comparing it to another philosopher. It's like, he knows how to get what he wants. I didn't even read With her, I didn't read it that way. But we'll talk about that later because it's kind of a callback to it later on. Ralph insists that, you know, I'm, I'm laid back. You know, I only dress this way because, like, I'm an authority figure and I kind of have to. And Jack's telling him, like, you know what? Let's forget the whole thing. And he brings him in for a hug. And while they're hugging, Ralph's like, how about that beer tonight? Like, when it, it's like, oh, I can't. I'm trying to make a plan to bang my <laughs> my high school ex as hard as I can. And I just like Ralph's, like, still trying to correct him. And he's like, oh, <laughs> use our Hollywood voices when we talk about that. <laughs> It's such a good, like, teacher thing, too, to refer to as like, our hallway voices. Like, it's so drilled into him. I found that, like, the whole line about, like, banging my ex was maybe the most Dennis thing that he yeah. could say. And fi- and fixating on it, right? Like, his whole point of this whole period is to, like, go have sex with his ex-girlfriend, which is a weird thing that nobody should do. And when he keeps calling the other guy his nemesis, that's very Dennis-like. And then Jack, like, closed that up by giving Ralph, like, a kiss on the head and then heads back to class. And then when Ralph's alone in the hallway, he's like, you wrecked the sign. That's why I came here. Ah, it's too late now. <laughs> like, I do love, too, that he was like, I'm sorry, there's no budget for you to get a new chair. But forgets to tell him that you just destroyed our granite school side outside <laughs> and left your yeah. car on the lawn also. Now, uh, in the next scene, we're at his dead mom's apartment. And there's like a montage of establishing shots to show you the inside. All to the song, I Am a Pilgrim by Fern Jones. And you're seeing all kinds of stuff in here. There's a lot of like things going on. There's religious photos. There's a lot of religious artifacts. Butterscotch candies. I thought the set decorators did a really good job with this apartment and making it look like that of like an older person who kind of never upgraded. It, 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 I don't know. It felt authentic. Right, right down to the wall phone. The wall phone that matches the color of the kitchen, too, because you could buy it in, you know, a bunch of different colors to match your house. There's one picture in here. This is the thing I was saying. Where I literally went, holy shit, I had never seen this before. It is a still photo from JFK Jr. Yep, I, I, I saluting <laughs> his dad's coffin, but Jesus is on his knees with his arms around him. <laughs> Listeners, please. If you can find one of these, let me know. I will break my nothing at all religious goes in this house rule for John John and Jesus saluting JFK's coffin. And you know what we come up on? 60th anniversary of JFK's death is November. I think that's the kind of weird thing Gordo would own. I feel like Gordo would own it like in earnest, though, and be like, what, it was a sad day and Jesus was there. Why are you guys talking about this? So Jack gets on the phone and he calls Miles, who is his nemesis. and. I'm under the impression from this phone call that Miles does not feel the same way. Like, he's unaware that Jack doesn't like him. Because I don't get that. Usually when you have these cases, you have the antagonist kind of be condescending. 
And I don't really get that vibe from Miles. He seems like a genuinely nice person. And aloof, though. A little, like, happy-go-lucky aloofness. So Jack's calling him to, like, congratulate him on the job and this book that he just put out. And as he's saying all this to him, you see him on his computer, like, leaving a bad Amazon rating. Like, a one-star review on his book saying that, like, it sucks. This is, no, this, is, this book equal sign sucks yes. is the review he's leaving. And Miles like, oh, you know, I'm sorry that you got forced out of Harvard and stuff, but I'm sure there's going to be a ton of schools that are going to be looking to scoop you right up. And Jack's telling him, like, yeah, I'm just kind of weighing out my options. And while he's doing that, he's weighing out his options with dinner because he's holding two different, like, shitty frozen dinners, deciding which one he wants. I'll say this. I had a little issue here on a production standpoint with this. He's holding two very clearly empty dry boxes that we're supposed to believe are fresh out of the freezer. And it was too noticeable, especially when he clapped them together. They'd be getting a little wet from defrosting. There'd be a little condensation on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like there wasn't any texture to them, like weight to them. Like they were just clearly empty boxes and it's dumb, but it's just one of those things I noticed for whatever reason. And it just didn't, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. It's the first time something looked like a set piece. Do you want to know the 15 minute rabbit hole this sent me down while watching this today? When I was watching this, I was like, I wish they did Encore Frozen Meals. Remember those when we were a kid, all the commercials? It was usually Al from uh, Happy Days. Yeah, and it would always be a person that. who wanted the meal, and the person would be having a crisis because it'd be like, but this is too much food. And Al would be like, I'll be over <laughs> at seven. That's every commercial. I was like, that can't be what they really were. I watched like 30 Encore commercials today, including one where Richard Kind... Uh, from the a taste of more, it's encore. Yeah, he takes. Yeah, he takes over for Al at one point. But there was one where it's just like the woman's just like, I can't eat two pounds of lasagna. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. I was, these are so good. I'm so glad that they're on YouTube. Uh, encore and encore still makes food. I think I'm allergic to probably every single thing they make, but I might suffer through one just to have a nice early '90s moment. Encore, if you're looking for a promotional <laughs> deal, I'll record here. the beginning and not the end. <laughs> You know who would love that lasagna meal would be Gordo because he yeah. pretends to have lasagna every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that Gordo is 10,000 miles away right now pretending to have lasagna. <laughs> pretending to have kielbasa lasagna. <laughs> yeah, he made up a non... Uh, I love that he's not going to know we said this until he's at home alone editing, editing the episode. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Heathcliff for life. <laughs> I, I do want to say this, actually, to, to, as we continue to talk about frozen dinners. Boy, have they stepped up their game since we were a kid, though. Because right? now you can like, go and get legitimately tasty meals in the frozen section. So, in like, the introduction to frozen dinners like it was all just crap right like it was the just hungry like, man and yeah like, yeah it was just bad and you can obviously you can still get those boxes and they taste good but that's just because they're all just loaded with salt and you know everything it's like if you want a quick calorie like don't feel like doing anything yeah it is a good option but it has led way to things like um, I'm sure other places have them, but like if you ever go to like Trader Joe's, like you can They're get Indian like food. the frozen Indian foods. All every delicious. frozen dinner they have is not only like very reasonable as far as the nutritional facts go, but they're fucking delicious. Like they're actually good. It's like real food frozen, and you can just like throw a few of those bags in your freezer. And if you're like, 
in a time pinch one night, you throw one of those, it's like an actual meal, and it's not like a hungry man, like, uh, is you know, what are those shitty steaks called? Salisbury steaks? Salisbury steaks. <laughs> that you, I mean, you, you put it in, yeah, but. Like, much better pizzas gotten frozen pizza when we were kids. We went from, like, what do you want on your tombstone? And, like, Sauce Elios. and cheese. <laughs> yeah, to just, like, amazing. Like, really, I've had some really good. I had a DiGiorno frozen pizza recently that I was like, this is really, really surprisingly good. You know what's really good is the ones that, like, if you ever go to, uh, I can never remember the name of this grocery chain. So they're, we have them here, too, but they're, like, primarily up in Hannaford. Aldo's. No, oh, Hannaford. That's what's up here, yeah. Like the Hannaford's brand pizzas, like in just like the cardboard box frozen style, they're like actual like big pizzas. Those things are fantastic. Can we all agree that mac and cheese has been good since day one frozen? I will agree with that, but I will say that there is some sort of thing they put in it that makes the water and the noodles gain hotter than anything on earth has ever done because you will wait 15 minutes and you're like i'm gonna finally take a bite and then your tongue has no skin on it for four days you you can wait as long as you put an ice cube in it nothing helps it is so fucking hot you know what's worse if you have captain crunch that morning so your mouth is all oh, you scraped your tongue up yeah that's a day of torture I really thought you were going to say, you know what's worse is when you put Captain Crunch in it. And I was like, Ferg, you're going to territory I do not want to talk about. That's so Captain sugary. Crunch mac and cheese. But I love mm. Captain Crunch. You wouldn't even know because they're the same color until it was too late. This isn't Pango. <laughs> Oops, all Perry's used as you're crushed up and uses the breadcrumbs for the mac and cheese. I love it. So after he hangs up the phone with Miles, he had sent on that one-star review. And it doesn't change the overall score at all because it's so many ratings. It would take a lot for like one score to have any effect. With that being said, be sure on any of our platforms where you listen, whether it be Spotify or Apple to leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. And we don't appreciate one-star reviews. So don't leave them. If you don't like us, talk to us personally and we'll discuss it, but don't leave that for the public. (laughs) Um, leave a lot of five star reviews that just say Baba Boo, Baba Boo, Baba Booey. We'll send you something. <laughs> Which also, we're gearing up for another uh, giveaway soon. We're even stocking up on some items, so we gotta talk about that. Yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna do a giveaway soon. Uh, I want to do a, f- a few fun things. So I don't, you know, we live won't... shows coming up too. Yeah, we're gonna get some stuff done. I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but we got some stuff in the works. I do like that the scene kind of, well, the whole mom's apartment scene kind of ends with just him. Just in in the shower, like just naked in the in the old person's shower seat, <laughs> drinking a beer. It was funny too because when they first get like they pan down from the shower head to him, and it was like a big drop. I'm like, how tall is this shower that he's <laughs> in? The world's tallest and then, shower. And then you see that he's just sitting down in one of those like old people's seats for a shower. Listen, if I beer. had one of those, I would do the same thing. I would never go buy one, but if it's there, I'm like totally really, sitting in it. I mean, I was how do you wash you your really, butt? Well, you, you stand, stand up, up to, to wash that. your butt. But I'm with Jay. I feel like you don't really clean yourself if you're sitting there. You know, you're just kind of sitting there. It's no? for people to jerk off, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's a another league episode where no, it Kevin... must it must clean yourself because they wouldn't give it all old all old people do stink. Never mind. There goes my point. That's why you need a loofah, babe. You got to use the loofah. You do it up top, uh, and you're sitting in the chair, and it'll roll down. Gravity takes it down to the behind parts. I was gonna say like every old person would smell. <laughs> 
I think you have to just literally mount the chair backwards and spread them, and then just turn back around to sit. Stop thinking about grandparents mounting things, Joe. We get it. You like I old people. I wasn't trying to set anything up for that. I was literally trying to think of how you would wash yourself, and how I've done it in the past with my old people. <laughs> So the next scene now we're outside and we see like that anarchy book kid, Devin, and he's walking with, um, well, he's just walking to school, I think. And this bully demands his backpack and Devin tries to run off, but the kid like catches up to him, snags the bag and just throws it in was a lake or whatever body. It's like a pond of some sort. It's on the property. And then we cut back into the school and we're in the teacher's lounge and you can see Jack kind of sitting off you know, on his own on a couch reading. And there's these three female teachers who are all sitting together at a table talking while the three are talking. I thought they did it like a pretty good job of like, you kind of get a good vibe for all three of their characters without getting a lot from them or backstory, like just personality wise. I thought you could kind of see the dynamic pretty well. JD, you know, the office uh, reference here for the, for uh, the three of them. Yeah. Oh. Michelle, the friend they always shit on. Okay. That's David Wallace's wife. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't realize it was her. Yeah, nice. when they're at the party and Dwight oh, does a tour of the house, he's like yeah, shaking right. all the stuff on the roof and everything. I recognized her, but I couldn't remember from what. And I don't think that's it, actually. She, she's in something else. The one I thought was most recognizable was actually the one Mary. So there was Michelle, Steph, and Mary. Michelle's a white woman. You had Steph, who's a black woman, and the Mary, the Asian woman. Uh, Mary's the one who, like, I was like, I think I know her from something. She's in a lot of the bajillion dollar properties episodes we talked about. She's in a lot of stuff in general. So I was like, oh, I've definitely just seen her in things. I just didn't know who she was. But her face is like, starts to read as like, oh, it's that girl. She's in a I'm really going to watch this bajillion dollar property show because Joe's brought it up like 30 times. It's crazy how often this show gets brought up on this. It's podcast. very funny and everybody's in it. It's, it's worth watching. If you just watch the I Love You Too Predator episode and you don't like that show, I will never talk about it again. It's like 50-50 because we have such different tastes and things. <laughs> like, yeah. It could be terrible or it could be awesome. But usually sitcom type of stuff, like the kind of humor, if I, I would pitch it to you guys, I would, wouldn't pitch something I think you wouldn't out and out. I'll tell you, like. uh, I did, one of Joe's suggestions did miss with me recently. It was the one um, with the girl from, oh, fuck, something Kunk or what is it? Oh, Kunk on Earth. Yeah, Kunk on Earth. I watched the first episode, but I was not feeling it at all. It's really weird. It's very, very weird, but uh, if you just watch the one where she talks about bleached assholes, I think that you'll like it. <laughs> okay. That'll <laughs> turn it she all talks around about the Titanic and just keeps calling it the Titan 1C. There's a lot of fun <laughs> in that show that you just kind of get to. Well, anyway, since we're talking about butts anyways, that's kind of what this conversation between the girls are having <laughs> So basically, uh, Steph was talking about a de- uh, date she had recently been on, and now this guy is asking her for butt pics. And Michelle's like, "Do you want us to take a picture of your butt for him?" And she's like, it's "No." A good friend move. And she's like, "No, I just do arm butt pics, and that's like when you like fold your arm in, and then kind of like the crease, like opposite side of your elbow, and like your forearm to upper arm, kind of creates a butt like looking crack." If you take a picture properly. Now, my arms are very tattooed, so I can't do such a thing. Yeah, I can't. The tattoos really fuck it up. All right. Yeah, I think it does work. <laughs> so I just did it. Nick, put that in the <laughs> chat so I can have it for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, Nick. Uh, 
That's evolved. Remember when we were young? It used it used to be like this one. You interlock the hands, and you get the, so you also look like the leg. It really doesn't oh, work on yeah, the yeah, screen, yeah. but you need three hands for that one. Now you need somebody <laughs> to take the picture. <laughs> yeah, you need someone else to be there or a tripod. That that is when you get that kind of genuine smile from Jack. And I do feel like we mentioned it earlier. I feel like that was really a smile from Glenn as he's watching them discuss this. Like he's immediately in with that crew now. Like I like that you immediately are like, okay, he likes them. They're all gonna get along. Yeah. And they're asking him if he's been on any dates recently. And he's like, Well, I have firm plans to bang my high school ex as hard as I can today. And like, oh wow, banger as hard as you can, huh? Not just banging somebody hard. as hard <laughs> as you can, being the way you're describing it over and over again. That's the thing. And I think that's kind of like not to like keep harping on it, but that's when you get that more Dennis vibe because yeah, he sounds so silly saying that you know what i mean it's just such a childish thing to say and he should be too smart to think that it's a normal thing to be like i'm gonna bang her as hard as i can it also makes it sound like you've never had sex to say it that way yeah and then michelle's like oh um do you like it here he's like god no he's like i'm teaching high school in toledo this is terrible and obviously that's what they all do for a living so and they do it by choice (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the women resume talking and they're discussing like all these things that they're making their kids do for them in class. Like Mary's having them all draw flattering pictures of her and bringing them home to show their dads. And Steph is teaching her students about recycling. So they're basically just cleaning her car for her. And that's when Jack's like, wait, you, we can make these kids do whatever we want. <laughs> and, like you can see like the wheels spinning in that moment. Now, what would happen if we all went home to our dads and we were like 16 and we're like, here's a picture I drew of my teacher. Look how, look how hot she looks. <laughs> what a weird yeah. conversation that is. It's like, it'd be like, are you drunk right now? Like, are you high? What's happening? I thought this was, I understand the motive. Cause now we need him to realize that you can kind of use these kids to your advantage. But I thought that was a bad example. The recycling thing kind of worked. But I thought that was too unbelievable of an example to show that you can make these kids kind of do your chores. Yeah, especially if, like, I was her student, because you all remember, I'm a terrible artist (laughs) from graphic design class. Like, you could have been like, oh, I'm hosting International Food Day. I haven't had to pack lunch for a month. Like, you know what I mean? Like, things like that. Things that benefit you. But, like, yeah, I'm having all these children draw sexy photos of me for their dads. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, It's a weird move. So now we cut to later on and class is about to begin. And as he's walking in and addressing them, he goes to sit in that old chair again. and almost falls over. And just the way he like gets up and looks at it and goes, this chair sucks. Like it, the, his delivery for that. I don't know <laughs> yeah. why, but it like made me laugh. Like it was something so. It's because it's a really weird thing to say. He's angry at the chair. <laughs> and that, that's being, why. Being angry at inanimate objects, though, is always funny because it's so stupidly relatable because it's something that we all shouldn't do. But as people, we all do all the time. And then this was like, I like the scene, but I don't know how I like it in the overall scope of the show because it it was a little too unrealistic. But I did find this very funny. He's like, all right, guys, listen up. And then one of the students like, no, you listen up. And he puts on like these like Kanye style plastic glasses. They all do. And then hits play on the speaker. And yeah, and then we cut to this wide shot. And we see every student's kind of like wearing fake chains and sunglasses with headphones on to do a group rap. And it's, you don't want to teach us biology. And we know you used to teach philosophy. And then that <laughs> he goes, 
but we think biology goes, shut up, shut up. No, 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 no. Turn the music off. <laughs> and the fun girl with the glasses has the Flavor Flav clock as well, which I thought was a nice touch. I love how he just shuts it right down. He's just angry with them. He's like, don't ever surprise me with rap. <laughs> don't ever rap about learning. <laughs> it shows that they're all like nerds because they Super don't nerds. have they don't have the interaction with like people to think it's normal. Yeah. Their interactions have been old movies where this would have worked and stuff like that. You say that too, but like people still to this day will do like flash mob weddings and stuff. I just think yeah. there's also a weird thing that some people think this is like a cool, fun thing to do. So my critique is kind of like, and this will come up later. I have another example later on when I, I'll get into it, but it's kind of his character is so extreme and different and a little really rides that line of a believable character in real life, you know? And I, I like when everyone around that character is a little more grounded to make him stand out as a little off other than making everybody seem a little cartoony because then it just kind of takes away from like the realness of the situations. So I thought that was a little much, but I found it funny. Don't get me wrong. I found it funny, but I was like, wait, what's going on here? Hmm. I mean, there's some extra things to it too. Like when he opens the door, cause the other kid is in there, there's smoke in there. <laughs> there's like an actual added effect of they went for special effects. in this. Yeah. Cause as he's trying to continue class now, after he hears like coughing from the closet, and that's when he realized this kid has been sitting here. He makes, a saxophone. Sa- he makes him throw it away. <laughs> and so saxophones don't belong in rap. <laughs> Yeah, he's making throw. He asks me, he's like, "You want to throw that away, right?" He's like, he just big pressures him into it, and he sadly places it not in the trash, but on top of it. And that's the kid who was in Mister Iglesias. So, uh, yeah, if you if you watched along or listened last week, uh, same kid was in both both shows, which I think is maybe the first time we've had, to my knowledge, an actor in back to back shows we've covered. What about um, what's his name from? We've had people in multiple episodes. But didn't uh, what's his, the dad from Fresh Off the Boat? Randall Park, wasn't he? Didn't we do him in multiple episode uh, shows in a row? I could be wrong. They were at least close together because we talked about it. Yeah, but I don't so know if did, it was back. Yeah, to I back. don't know the episode numbers off the top of my head. I know we covered him in Fresh Off the Boat and Young Rock are the only shows I can think of that he was in. So they might have been somewhat near each other, but I don't recall now. And go back and listen to those if you haven't yet. Both of those we covered. Feels like an eternity ago now. It seems like a long time ago, yeah. As he's talking to the saxophone kid and telling him not to do it, he's looking around the classroom and seeing all these other things that were like part of the thing that was supposed to happen. He sees one goes like, you were about to make it rain, weren't you? (laughs) This girl has all this money in her hand. And then he sees Devin with like wet notebooks and stuff. And he's asking him, was that supposed to be part of the rap thing? And when he finds out that it wasn't, you can kind of see a moment where Jack, is figuring out that this kid's being bullied. Like, you know, he kind of gives him a, like a little look for a second. It's like knowing, like that's how his life was in high school too. That was like maybe the first moment I felt that Jack's character is about to evolve a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like we're starting to break away from just this. Like now we're, we're about to start a little bit, get another layer here is when he's like kind of seeing this kid and that he's going through problems and understanding and realizing it, you know? So now Jack goes into this thing where he's like, you know, I don't think I've been making the most of your time lately, and and, and we're going to start to change that. And he tells him about this plan he has to take Miles' job and leave him in a loony bin asking for death, which is just the word choice he uses for these kids at times. And he goes on to tell him how Miles is currently single, so the plan is for them to all catfish him on his Facebook page. 
and kind of goes over the assignment of what he expects from them to like write different things and how they're going to play that out. Is the show Catfish still on the air? Have people caught on to a point that it's you've got to be so delusional at this point? I don't think it was real to begin with. Like, I'm not saying that catfishing wasn't real. I'm saying that I don't think that show was real. The movie's for sure real. Have you ever seen the movie that like spawned it where he gets catfished? It's so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, it's hard to watch. I don't know how much of it's real or not. And then there's also that idea of like it would happen with Jerry Springer. It's like people sign up and they tell them that things are real, but maybe they're just trying to get on TV. Right. Well, that started happening. I don't watch it anymore, but I watched Catfish for a while. And there was episodes where people were just trying to become famous and signed up. And they, to give them credit, they could, they would call them out on it and yell at them and like walk off and stuff like that. So, or people would come out later on and be like, Hey, this whole thing was a setup. We were friends and things like that. Yeah. It, it, it's still like the concept of, Oh, I'm having them clean my car. I'm having them send pictures to their dads. And then he's like, I'm going to try to make my nemesis want to kill himself. <laughs> it's like this Jesus Christ. by the aid of these minors, it's a very big pivot. And then also, like, when he's having his lunch, it was, like, just, like, a container of, like, duck confit. Like, that was, like, what he was having. And I don't know why they made such a point to show you that. Like, I was very confused yeah, by... Yeah, that one lost and me, what too. what steamed? Uh, the what is when that? He opened it? Uh, I looked it up because I didn't know. It's, it's like, seared duck. And confit means, like, um... You're like using, long... like, the whole animal is like part of that. Like I, I looked up on the dish a little bit. I've had yeah, duck. preserved confit yeah. means preserved. So duck confit means like preserved duck. So you like, it's a way that you cook it. I don't, I've never had duck before, but I've had it once. It's like very popular French it's food. Okay. It's greasy. I am not a fan. I've had, I've had it. it a couple of times. I didn't hate it, but it's not like I wouldn't seek it out, but yeah, no, I thought they really went out of their way to like show you that this is what he's eating. <laughs> And have that other scene after when he opens it. So I didn't know where that was going. You think maybe like that's something like his mother would have had. I'm not saying the food, but that would be her old Tupperware and it's labeled and stuff. It didn't seem like something that she would necessarily. She's got like frozen dinners and stuff. So I don't feel like that would be the kind of dish she would have at home. You know, maybe I was just, yeah, I was just trying to track that one. That was just, that one felt a little strange. And I think that goes back to like, he's dressed down. He's using his mother's clothes. He has nothing in the house, like, but then, like, this is his lunch. It, it was, I don't know. There are areas of it that this didn't totally make sense to me. Now, he, the character is, like, so extra, and we talked about how he's always, like, you, you, it's hard to differentiate him from Dennis. But do you think it's more acceptable because we remember him as Dennis, him acting this way? You don't question it as much? That's probably makes more sense than the other direction, yeah. Actually, yeah, I would love to see somebody who watched this show but never saw him and other things and see what yeah. their thoughts on it were. But now we cut to the next day, and the students are all watching this video that pops up when you Google Jack's name, and it's him being like choked out by an old guy, and it says tenure fail. The best part of this to me, which I think really related to how kids are, is the video was titled Old Dude Gets Owned by Slightly Younger Dude. And that's such such a great teenage thing because the guy who beats up Jack here is like 40 years his senior. But when you're 16, <laughs> anybody over 40, you're just like, oh, they're just old people. Like, it's it's so funny that they put him slightly less old, dude. I just wish th- this video gave us a little bit more backstory and context because I still felt lost seeing it. It weirdly reminded me of the scene in Batman Forever where they do the... Uh, 
Two-Face reveal <laughs> throws <laughs> in the court in the courtroom. Like, I don't know why, but that's what I kept thinking of. The best part about that is Batman is just sitting in court fully dressed yeah, as, as Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other best part of that, too, is they go to throw a jar of acid in uh, Tommy Lee Jones' face, and he's like, let me just put this one piece of paper over my face, and I'll probably stop the acid from burning me. Hey, it worked. It worked on that half, it, yeah. It, it yeah. saved half his face. Only he blocked his full face. I just think, I, I don't know, I just, the, if that clip just had a little more to it, just a little more, because I don't know why they got in the fight, you know? Like, what yeah, did he that do? that builds intrigue to find out later on in the show. Yeah, because they say tenure fails, so I think you're to assume that that was some sort of argument over the tenure, possibly, like that was his boss or the dean of the college. So, from what I'm gathering and trying to understand, it sounds like they just passed him up, like they just didn't offer him a full-time position, like they trialed him, and they didn't offer him a full-time job, so then something went wrong, yeah, and then maybe he freaked out and did something to cause the fight after, but I don't know. I just think another five to ten seconds would have gave you just a little bit more to understand why he's in this situation. I do feel like, again, though, it kind of fits to, like, the attention span of kids that age, too. We're like, that's the length of a video they'd be watching. Yeah, short clips, man. That's what TikTok is. TikTok and, like, whatever the Instagram videos thing is, right, where people just people just scrolling all day as it just goes through, like, 20 seconds. And then sometimes you even aren't even thinking about it. You get stuck in a loop, too. And, like, two hours later, I'm like, I just watched so many videos of, like, steel workers putting beams together and like going across buildings or like people climbing up on bridges like and you'd have no idea where time went you have no idea why you fell down that rabbit hole but there you are you have a much different experience on there than me <laughs> you get steel workers climbing on beams i literally just keep getting pitched it's like do you want to see these people walking across the steel beams and everything and i'm like i'm terrified of heights this is an awful thing to do i will watch this and try to confront my fear and then it usually just escalates into Look, this guy's going to ride his bike all the way up the top of a bridge and then ride it all the way down. And then it's basically me trying not to throw up in my living room from total fear. It's always interesting because we share so many videos amongst each other. And then, like, you start to see your algorithm morph into what your friends send you all the time, which is why I have to go out of my way, like, to be weary of opening nothing Gordo sends and <laughs> a fraction of what Nick sends, knowing what it might be. Because I just don't want to keep scrolling and getting fart video after fart video. You can trust your old friend Fergie, though. If it makes you feel any better, Gordo, uh, I, and somebody else have our own separate fart chat. So you guys are saved <laughs> from a lot of it just because we're able to, you know, get it out there. You know, weirdly, Nick, that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invite you. Please do not. You feel left out. I will neglect the, uh, I will not accept the invitation. Is poor Ferg left out of fart chat? Uh, I guess I don't it's like an farts. Instagram thing. He might be in it, actually. I don't know. It's called no, Smart Fellas. Do you remember a chat called Smart Fellas? <laughs> I'm not in Smart Fellas or Fart Smellers. <laughs> so, well, anyways, um, Jack walks in and the students all kind of scramble back to their seats. And he tells them that he wants to start hearing some of these catfish messages that they've been working on. And Devin goes first, and it's very creepy. Uh, I don't have any of the quotes in front of me from what he said. Um, Joe? Soul-sucking. There's a lot. It's not, I mean, I guess there's a very specific lane of people that could be considered a hot first message, but it's very dark and creepy. But Heather's is the absolute winner. One of her quotes I laughed at so hard this time around again, too. <laughs> she's, 
drip slurp yum. We're like, yeah. this is supposed to be like a 16-year-old. What are we doing here? She's a very like tiny mousy type shy girl. And she got glasses like bubbles from a trailer park yeah. boy. Yeah. When, she, when she goes to read hers, it's it's hey boy, you're smooth like butter dripping off of chocolate. Gonna lick you up and down, drip slurp yum. Give me some of that sweet wet sugar mess. Sweet wet sugar mess. Like he should be fired as a teacher for that sentence existing yeah. in his classroom immediately. <laughs> Plus, like the principal's in the room as she's yeah, reading that. Patton hears the whole thing, and then it's a question about it and get blood off about it. It's one of those things too. We talk about this all the time in different shows. It's that weird line where we acknowledge that these kids are minors, and when they're talking about like sex stuff, especially in that type of graphic detail, like verbiage, it seems off you know what i mean like it, it's tough to like i don't know it's it, it it's like i shouldn't be hearing this although it is one of those things too where it's tv and like i didn't look up the allison snyder i think her name is the actress who plays heather but i'm pretty sure she was over eight. like most of these kids are like most you know, of the time over no she's in like her mid-20s i believe i i looked her up a long time ago must have had a little crushy huh no it's <laughs> <laughs> just curious to be fair, Ferg, even if you did, it was a no-win situation if you said yes, because we're talking about a high school character. So you made the best response, even if you were lying. <laughs> like, I like her early work only. When Ralph cuts in, he tells Jack how he put in a crust for that chair. And he's like, is this biology? Like, sugar mess? <laughs> Jack's like, shoes him out of the room. And then once he leaves, Devin has like even more to say. Talking about how fire and blood will pour from his eyes as I gaze upon your ravaged body. By the way, I'm a female demon. <laughs> In the he, he takes the, he takes the <laughs> note that needs to be specific to a female. And then another kid gets up and he reads his message, which is like actually like a sweet, more realistic message, like one that would be best suited for an actual catfish. Jack's pretty excited because he thinks he, you know, he found the message he needs now. He's like, all right, you guys can all go home now. And like, but we have other classes. The de-evolution of his character from here on out in this episode is just, like, the funniest spiral, too. It gets so crazy in the last act of this episode. Well, yeah, because now we're going to cut to the date, and Jack and his ex are, like, at this nice restaurant talking. And he's like, what have you been up to since we broke up? And she's like, um, I think we skipped a part. And brings up, like, how he was passed up for tenure and getting choked out. <laughs> he's like... Oh, yeah, that part. You know, how would I pass that part? <laughs> well, how about we go back to your place after this? By the way, with, like, no lead-up. This is right after the, hey, I found This is another office reference, by the way. And he tells him, who? What? This girl? Who was she? I didn't... Who was she in the office? She's Plop's ex-girlfriend. Oh, okay. Oh. She's in a bunch of other stuff, too. But, yeah, yeah she's the one that uh, Andy, when he's a demon in that season... <laughs> You As somebody who again. genuinely loves season nine, I'm mad I missed that. As the person who genuinely loves season nine? I love Clark and Plop. I, hey, I do not hate that season as much as other people do either. And I also want to say, too, the first half of that season before all of the um, documentary stuff happens is a very different season than the second half of it. The first, like, six episodes with Dwight and Plop and all of that stuff happening, uh, yeah. Dwight and Clark, are super funny. Oh, I hate them. I like, um, I knew specifically Ferg was going to hate Clark because he still hates that he's the, the one that all the girls I want also sex hate drive. That. Yeah. 
Wow, you way to cut my legs out from under me. That was gonna oh, be my story. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate him. We, we've all known each other too long. How is he a sex symbol? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> the whole movie. Every girl wants him. But like again, with no warning, he's just like, oh, I want to come back. He actually asked to go to her place because he doesn't want to go back to his mom's. He's like, how about I go back to your place after this? But there's like no warm up. She's not laughing. She doesn't seem engaged in this at all. No, not into it. I would have liked though if he offered to take her back to his place and be like, "Do you want to go back to my mom's place?" Like we did in high school. Like because that gives it the like caveat that like she probably has had sex with him in that weird house before. Yeah, actually, I think that would have worked too. Well, I'd like to know how he got her to agree to go on this date with him because she's dating somebody else. That's the thing. She says. Well, you know, my boyfriend gets out after his rounds at the hospital in an hour, and I'm actually just going to meet up with him. And, like, yeah, why is she on this date? <laughs> like, why? It seems too datey, right? Like, let's get coffee or something. Like, let's catch up. Like, you can catch up with an old friend or somebody like that. This is a nice this restaurant. Seems specifically, <laughs> yeah. a, like, a very nice date, yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of those things that I couldn't break that thought out of my head for a while as I'm watching it. When she announces this, okay, but it can't be on a date. Like, if he met her wherever or ran into her at the supermarket and, like, flirted with her and then she brings it up, like, all that makes sense. But in this case, it just, I don't know. It just seems too unrealistic that she would agree to be on this date with him here. That's a weird thing, too, if you're trying to, like, be this bigger person who left this small town and accomplished so much that your main goal when coming back is not to try to sleep with as many people as you can by saying you're better than them, but to try to sleep with a person who was your you know, equal at the time. It's an odd move. And this, like, as soon as he finds out that she has a boyfriend, you cut to, like, him driving just, like, erratically screaming, and, like, his phone just dings to get a notification that the dude Miles wins Genius Grant. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, come on! And it's just, like, he's, like, having, like, a his character is is slowly morphing into Patrick Bateman here. He is turning into like American <laughs> Psycho level, yeah. like losing is, his fucking mind. Yeah, this is so fucking great. Just to have a blues, and then this becomes like a quote fest from here on out too. This is just the best arc. Well, right after that, yeah, we we get to the next day, and the kids are all sitting there waiting in class, and the principal walks in and informs them that Jack is currently in prison, but not for <laughs> life. <laughs> It's the note says specifically he was put in prison, but not for life. <laughs> it's the best review. I like the thing that, like, his secretary took those notes. And yeah, he had to reference one. the note for one sentence. And I know it's not, you don't see her in this one, but when you find out later on who his secretary is, it's one of the funniest characters of all time, Paula Pell. Coach Novak will be teaching this class in lieu of him today. And the principal exits, and now the coach is about to start up class. And right off the bat, Sarika raises her hand and introduces herself and thanks him. And this is when we get that callback to earlier. Because when she announces her name, he's like, wait, what did you say your name was? Just like we got from Jack at the beginning of the episode. Only when she repeats it again, she goes, you know, says her name like the philosopher. And he just goes, I'm just going to call you Sarah. (laughs) That's so fucked up. And that was like the, it was like a weird, nice move because it, it was a way to now compare him to Jack and make Jack the better option. Even though he's been like not redeemable in any yeah. facet, you already have her going, oh no, I wish Jack was here. Also, what gym teacher takes class that serious that he like, take out your books, you study. That's, 
when, when you leave off, you get a substitute. That usually means you get what Jack's class would be. They're not going to come in and teach advanced placement biology. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're going to be like, open the books. I know this very well. I can pop in wherever you guys are. I think this is a last minute, though, who you have available. You know, like, oh, no, Jack's not here. Who's available this period that I can throw in? No, my, my issue isn't that it's like that's who they got. It's that he took the class seriously and was trying to teach it. And I don't think a substitute would do that. Um, Mr. Bob, we had a substitute that would take very uh seriously mr bob doesn't count <laughs> zero tolerance i didn't love this character i thought he was too cartoony in a way he was a little he played it a little too character he was like this almost like i felt like it was like frank caliendo doing an impression of a football coach <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sad it wasn't actually i have frank not caliendo heard now. that name in a very long time <laughs> Frank Caliendo as John Madden as Coach Novak stars in. It was a TV show that we would watch. You don't know who it kind of reminded me of. It's it's well, I mean, it's the same job on a different show. The Mean but Girls. If any of you remember, uh, I forget his real name. Biff from Back to the Future on Freaks and Geeks is the gym oh, yeah, teacher. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty similar style. Oh, Tom, I know his name too. Yeah. Comedian, he's a funny guy. Yeah, it's a great comedian too. Yeah, and he's great in Blood and Blood Out. This guy's making, like, one of the kids do push-ups. He's getting mad at Devin because his stuff's wet. And it's, like, it's all these... Again, he doesn't know why, but, like, we know why, so it just makes him look like a bigger dick. And then he has him, like, reading from textbooks when Jack walks in, and he's, like, all disheveled, and his arm's in a sling, and he's telling Novak, like, all right, I got this from here. And Novak's, like, reluctant. He's like, oh, I don't... I always finish my classes bell to bell. I never leave a class that I started. He's like, well, but I'm good, so thank you. <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> That's like a weird thing, too. You think, right? Like, somebody came in and said, hey, you know that shift you were covering for me? You're still getting paid the exact same amount of money. You can leave 45 minutes early and go do whatever you want now. You'd be like, fucking peace. See you later. And Jack starts class by, like, recapping everything that happened. And he's talking about how he was turned down for sex and how he was pissing on a hospital where she works and... The police officer suggested that he stops, and then he suggested to the police officer that he pleasures him sexually, and he goes, he did not, he did not. <laughs> and instead he hurt my arm, and I went to jail. And you, again, get these, like, stick figure drawings of him explaining his night, which is, like, it's all very funny, like, to see it all drawn out the way he does. And as he's explaining the story, they do cut to Devin at one point, and you can kind of see, like, the wheel spinning in Devin's head now, which immediately cuts to the next scene. And we see the principal, Ralph, with Devin knocking on Jack's door. And again, I'm like, this isn't an okay thing to do. <laughs> you can't just bring him there. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this show, like, doesn't really care about that kind of stuff. It's obvious that this guy shouldn't even be in the school, nevertheless, a teacher. Well, there's teacher, definitely, like, like, just some, like, plot holes to me. Like, it's just one of those, I wish I knew more about the situation with the mother's house. These little things. I took this, though, as Patton thinks they're friends, and that's why he thinks he can go over there. Yeah, that's definitely it, yeah. But why is he even the person retrieving this kid from jail? Because we find out that Devin got arrested because he basically mimicked everything that he found out Jack did to his bully. So he went to his yeah. bully's house, and he, like, pissed on the house and then resisted arrest, like, did kind of all the same stuff Jack did. But when that happens... Unless he has no parents or anything, which wasn't described, and even then, he doesn't default to the principal. Why is the principal 
retrieving him from the situation and then bringing him to the teacher's house in the middle of the night. That's just not. Like, we don't. We don't know that he got him out of jail. The parents could have got him out of jail, and he could have received the phone call complaining that this kid did this because his teacher even told then, him to. Like we all went to school. People fucked up. Did you ever hear of the principal just like I'm going to pick you up and drive you to your teacher's house right now? Like that's just not like a thing. No. <laughs> He's a hands-on principal, not a psycho like ours. He's a laid-back principal. I was going to say it's a small town, but Toledo's way bigger than the town we grew up in, so that doesn't yeah. work either. I will say the most low-key funny line that Jack gives this entire episode is when he doesn't quite understand that they both got arrested for the same thing, and he just blames it on police quotas, <laughs> which I found so fucking funny. It's like, quotas, man. We, so we have all said that when we've, we've gotten in trouble with the police. Yeah. <laughs> the quotas. Fucking quotas. I only got pulled over because of the damn quota. There was that moment where, I mean, he eventually realizes, but yeah, it was... He's like, that's so crazy that I got arrested for the exact same thing. I was just telling you guys about that. And <laughs> and then I think after a little bit of talking is when it finally clicks like, oh, that's why you did it. And the best set piecing of this, too, is that the entire time Patton is sitting in the stair chair. Yes, because they cut into the house next. And now the three are all about to discuss. And yeah, they have one of those stair chair things that raise you from floor to floor which my grandparents have in their house which is have you ever used it uh once i think when they first got it because they were like try it i'm like i don't need it but the curiosity does kick in i used to ride up and down on the one at the town hall when my grandmother was a selectman they're on everything there <laughs> oh yeah they are on all of them there and those are big wide stairwells too at my grandparents house that's kind of the the thing like when We'd bring my niece over there and be like, oh, like we're going to Nana and Papa's. They have that ride in the house, you know, like so to her, it's like <laughs> it's like a fun thing for kids to do at the house, you know, and she's just riding the thing up and even though it goes so slow. That's the problem I would have with it. Like, imagine being like, I really have to pee in the bathrooms upstairs and you get on and it's like, <laughs> this is not going to help me. Is there a speed button on this thing? No, because if it's too fast, you end up like the old lady from Gremlins. <laughs> That's a good point. So they're all sitting inside together, and Jack's asking this kid, like, how long have you been being bullied for? And we find out it's been about a year. And he, like, looks to Ralph. He's like, did you know about this? Like, that's not a good look. Like, how did you not know? It's a very genuine reaction to that. Yeah. I thought it was strange out of him. And Ralph's pretty fired up saying that, you know, you need to talk to Devin. Like, this is all Jack's fault. Which it, I, I mean, it kind of is. And he's like, I should have fired you and expelled him, but, you know, I'm laid back, and you're making it very difficult for me to be laid back right now. I feel like you can't get expelled for going pee-pee on some other student's house. That's not an expellable offense. Uh, um, who knows? It's indecent exposure, depending on what they charge you for, like, I guess. I guess. Jack wants a minute alone with Devin, so he sends Ralph up the stairs in that chair, and it's like, it's moving so slow, and then even when they cut away... And you just have Jack and Devin talking. You hear the ee. It's the whole still time. going. <laughs> and Jack tells Devin he's not used to these talks because he doesn't have children and kind of goes on this thing about how he, he's good about wearing condoms, even though he doesn't like them. He's like, Yeah, you can't feel as much. The, the kid, Devin, legitimately gives him like a perplexed look, which is pretty funny. Even though slightly older, though, he did just teach at Harvard. He, he is around kids. It's not like he's never talked to a child before. Right, if yeah. you teach at Harvard and you're teaching 
freshmen, they're 18 years old. And also, places like Harvard always have, like, 16-year-olds who are geniuses. Like, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, was at Harvard when he was 16 years old. Yeah. Didn't work out well for him, but he was there. But just the idea of, like, oh, I'm not used to talking to kids. Like, you're a teacher. Like, you might have been teaching in, like, an upper-level, like, higher-end situation as a professor at Harvard, but don't say you've, like, you're not used to talking to kids. Like, that's not that's not really accurate. Yeah, you're still around kids, or people who aren't old enough to drink. You know what I mean? Like, that's still kids. So he tells Devin he wants him to be able, he wants to be able to be open and honest with the students. But if they start doing things like this, he's not going to be able to do that. And next time he feels like imitating anything extreme that he's done to run it by him first. And I know like this was meant to be like the nice bonding moment between the two of them, but I felt like he didn't give good enough advice, (laughs) like, or didn't have enough of that. Like Jack's character is evolving and being a better person. Like I didn't, I don't feel like that's not his character. He's not a better person. He's saying, don't do, don't get me in trouble. He's a flawed character, but I feel like he is trying to bond with Devin. Like that's kind of what you see like shades of throughout the episode. I, get I think that Devin gets it too because he feels like they're bonding because they're like he's speaking to him at the same level, not like above him or talking down to him. He's being like, "Look, man, this is what happened," and I think he obviously genuinely appreciates that he copied what he did too. And yeah, I just felt like the message back could have been a little bit better, just been a little bit better of like, "Oh, that was good advice he gave him." Like, even if he's not being a parent to, to him or anything like that. Just... You, know, you know what's frustrating as someone who's watched the whole show is they set up this whole thing with him and Devin. Devin's one of the main characters. Devin's not in any season past season one. He just does. He's one of them that just disappears. Yeah, just and goes. He was clearly set up to be the second main character of the show, like a, as it goes on. Right, because they show he's the only person they give anything to outside of the class. Like when you see him getting chased and getting his bags thrown, yeah. like he's yeah. the one character they like spend time on. That's true. That's the only. That's the only student scene outside of in classroom the entire episode. And technically, his bully. Yeah. And as they're done having this conversation, we get the Ralph saying, like, I think I see a raccoon up there. It's like, oh, you definitely you do. There's one up there. (laughs) That's not a you're not crazy. It's up there. (laughs) (laughs) So now we cut to the next day and Jack's walking out of like a department store, like at the mall. And he's rolling a desk chair that he just brought uh, just bought like over to his car. And just like a quick scene where he's like struggling to get it in the car and drives off. Yeah. The hard thing about those, though, and I've put together a million of those chairs when I used to work at a Staples in high school, the boxes are so big that, like, they don't fit when you put them together in your car no matter what. They're just shaped so weird that they don't. But the boxes are so big for chairs like that that they don't fit in your car either. So you really have, like, a lose-lose scenario. I don't like that he just went out and bought a chair. I mean, I'm, I would have been fine if that's how the episode ended. Like, oh, he bought a chair. That's... I needed the other chair to break one more time and have him flip out on it. Like, destroy it, get angry, <laughs> yeah. have a freak like, out. Throw it out the window. Because he, this is his last nerve. This, fuck this chair, you know? And there, was, there wasn't really the payoff. It's just two scenes where it, like, annoyed him, and then he bought a new chair. Which they kept bringing up the chair throughout the episode, but there was no real payoff. Yeah, the only thing I could have thought of is it, maybe this was, like, his admission to himself that he's going to be around for a while so maybe he needs a better chair like but yeah but i don't know i mean i I, again yeah there wasn't much context to it because right after that we cut to the teachers lounge and the three girls um from before the other teachers are talking about butt pics again 
when Jack rolls in his chair. He's just like in the chair and he's not walking anymore. He's just using this as his transportation. He likes the chair so much that he's just using it, yeah, as his uh, his ride, which is pretty fun. And he's asking like, hey, what do you guys do when there's a student bullying another one? And that's when Steph says, oh, you want to keep them like as close together as possible. And then they're explaining how that's how they all became friends because Steph and Mary used to bully Michelle until Ralph made them all hang out. And they're like talking like Steph's talking about how she used to take bites out of all of her food. And Mary set her purse on fire. And she lost a hundred dollars. And this was, again, this is what I go back to earlier. This was, I think we're making these characters all a little too strange at points where I feel like Jack should only really be the, the really odd character. And then you have these, people around him are setting purses on fire and shit like that. It's just, it's bizarre because that there's a, I don't know. It just didn't seem like a normal thing anyone would do. So it just kind of flagged me a little bit. What's funny is I would be more annoyed with someone taking a bite of my food than lighting one of my things on fire. Like I don't <laughs> oh, care yeah. your purse or anything, but you're fucking taking a bite of my lunch every day. We're fighting. <laughs> yeah, that's grounds for a battle. <laughs> you have like two slices of pizza in the fridge for your lunch at work, and you come and there's just a big bite taken out of both of them. You're not eating that, and you're fucking furious. Mm-hmm. And as they're telling him this, Jack, he's kind of like, you know, that's actually a little smart. And they do a good job of like they they mock him a lot. They did it earlier too when they found out that he went to Harvard or whatever. And I guess it's like it helps establish the camaraderie a little bit where. He probably thinks he's better than everyone there, but they don't look at him that way. And it's nice that they he's aware that they don't think much of him. Like they're friendly with him, but there's not this like level of they don't all look up to him because of his background. Right. Yeah, they call him Jack from Harvard to like fuck with him. The three of them grow into my favorite characters on the show throughout the series. Yeah, and Jay, you just to, we keep things to the pilot here, but you talking about like other characters getting way too weird that he should be the only weird one. It mushrooms way bigger than this as this show goes on yeah everybody and i mean everybody gets flanderized it's like there's a gas leak in the town of dayton or something (laughs) starting starting with the second episode so now we cut to the classroom and the principal's in jack's class with the students and they're all waiting for jack to show up and ralph's like he's got one more minute or else one of the students like or else what he's like i don't know (laughs) and jack Jack walks in with uh, Dan. Dan's the bully from earlier who threw the backpack in the pond. And he decided to add him to AP bio. And he's like, and you have to sit right there next to Devin. And Ralph's like, have you told his guidance counselor about this? He's like, you're not the boss of me. He's like, that's literally in my job description. (laughs) I love that he doesn't understand a hierarchy of high school employment. It's interesting. uh... The thing is with Patton Oswalt, I forget his the, the principal's uh, name, but... Ralph. Ralph. Of all the things for him to try to pick his battles with, he took this other kid and put him in AP bio. <laughs> That's only good for him. Right, like, try to impress upon him better schooling. <laughs> like, <laughs> this kid's a bully. Let's give him very extensive knowledge about biology, I guess. And then I feel like this is a little bit of a Dennis move. Jack's like, listen up, y'all. You're not going to pick on each other. Or I'll kick your ass. I will literally beat you up with my adult muscles. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like that was a very Dennis wicked Dennis. Yeah. yeah. Adult muscles is a good band name, too. <laughs> and he tells them, you know, just because I do dumb stuff doesn't mean that you can, too. 
And he's asking all the kids to repeat that back. And as they're all kind of mumbling through the long uh, bit of speech he gave them, he's just kind of like looking on at all of them. And then we get this like final cut scene where it's Miles's house and he's about to sit at his computer and he has like a glass of wine and he gets a Facebook message from Linda, which is the name that Jack suggested earlier. And it's that sweet, wet sugar message. It's Heather's message. Heather's message. And did, like the profile photo is Katy Perry. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like so obviously a cat. I didn't even notice that. I didn't either. Yeah. And he just sits there and he reads it and he goes, ooh, well, hello, Linda. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess Heather decided to go rogue. This is a little rogue of my own, but I heard this theory yesterday and I fucking love it. There is apparently some like bizarro fan theory going around that Katy Perry is actually John Bonet Ramsey. What? And that she was getting so much like, you know, because she's even like gross dudes being like into John Bonet Ramsey. They're like, this is where we're going to take her out of it. We're just going to pretend she's dead and then she'll reemerge later. And there's people who think she reemerged as Katy Perry. Sane people? No, not sane people. No, but an interesting theory. I like a good crazy person theory. I guess you guys don't, but I don't know. Maybe I don't want to talk about John Bonet more. I feel like it's going to get weird or something bad's going to get said. When you say you don't want to talk about it more, we know that's not true. No, I'm sure the age checks out, but I, yeah, I'm going to say probably, um, probably no, probably not the, the, the situation. But yeah, that was the close of the episode. I don't know. How'd you feel about that? Like that last cutscene? Oh, John Bonet, the picture of John Bonet Ramsey. I mean, I think that it was. Nope. What, what, how did you feel about the, the ending scene to the show we just watched? I think it's good to like make, makes you feel like maybe there is some shitheadedness to Miles though, that he's willing to think that somebody would write that weird thing to him and be interested in it. I was just kind of wondering like, is Heather like creepy? Like, is she just going to go down like this dark path doing this on her own? Because were they all intended to message him? Like, just bombard him with messages from all different women? Yeah, because he, he even says, too, he's, like, the best one. He's like, yeah, he right. wants him to start working on it. He mentions, like, the best one will do it. And that's why he's yeah, like, I looked at with it them. for, like, a class project and an individual thing. Right. Right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> an interesting end to the episode. Um, and that was it. I don't have a lot of other info on the show. I don't know if you guys do. I found it interesting that it made that move to Peacock. But I don't know if that was a ratings thing or to help peacock it was canceled it was flat out canceled and yeah. then when they announced peacock they revived it to be an exclusive to oh peacock show. okay so it was so it's only going to have two seasons got canceled got revived for peacock and then got two more seasons yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it was loved when it was on tv hmm. i think it falls very much under the line to me of like an arrested development where like some people really liked it and talked about it but it only was on for a couple seasons and it got canceled and then people were like this, discovering it and saying this is so funny that they had to bring it back. And it worked personally for me. I will say that ad campaign worked, right? Because at the time we had Comcast and they were like, hey, Peacock is free. You just have it. And this show that's supposed to be really funny is going to be on. There's going to be a new season and you can stream the first two now. And it worked. It hooked me in. And then I watched all of them and then we you know watched the final season as well. So it was a pretty good ad campaign on their part to make you you know, actually want to see it and to watch the seasons before it. One man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> don't cold. Yeah, I, I don't think there's much else to say about the show unless you guys had any more on top of that. But with that being said, I guess we might as well get into the green light or cancel. I'm going to go in the order I see you guys in. So, Nick, starting with you. Yeah, this is a pretty easy green light. 
it's definitely not anything new. The you know teacher student sitcom uh, is is something that's been done many times before. So it could go south because it's been done so many times before. But this didn't. This one kept me intrigued. Um, obviously, love Glenn Howerton, uh, Patton Oswalt. The rest of the cast seems to be really good. And uh, it, when I watched the first time, it, they're what kept me around. I liked the idea of seeing him either evolve or devolve uh, around these characters. So I, I was curious to see where he was going, where they were going with him. And that's what I'm looking for for these, you know, red uh, green lights or cancels is uh, my desire to keep going with the series. And I do want to I, I want to keep going again. I have to go finish this show, but uh, I wanted to the first time. And it's a it's a pretty easy green light. I enjoyed it. Joe. Yeah, like what Nick mentioned there, you know, there's so many of these shows. If you think of like Welcome Back Cotter or Head of the Class or uh, Saved by the Bell, right, where it's always the wacky teachers and like they come out in the beginning of this. And he's like, this is also not going to be something where I learn from you, right, which that's how they always sort of do that. Or in a movie like Lean on Me or something in a more serious context. And instead, they just turn it on its head where the kids are crazy and warped, but so is the teacher. And then you get to watch the results of just a bunch of warped people interacting together all day. I love a 21-minute podcast uh, episode to do. I love... This is the kind of show that you can just stream through, and you'll always laugh. It gets weirder, wilder. There are some good through lines here in this episode that make you want to see what's going to happen next to these characters. Uh, it's a huge green light. I love this one. Bert. Yeah, to go back to what you guys are saying, like it's like a trope, the good teacher coming to teach the bad kids and whatnot. And it's kind of neat to see this is the exact reverse of all those shows we've covered already, like Welcome Back, Carter, where this is the AP smart kids getting taught by a bad teacher. I, just, I thought it was really interesting. This one's tough to go back and forth, like to not judge by the series as a whole. But now I'm also trying to not judge it by Dennis from Always Sunny. So <laughs> it's really hard. But this whole episode's pretty funny. Uh, great characters. Another show with a ton of characters you're meeting at once, and it didn't feel overwhelming. You got to know each and every one of them. Easy green light for me. And everyone should watch the rest of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as I go, I, I obviously had some issues. And I definitely brought those up throughout the episode. I thought there was a little stuff that could have been fleshed out a little bit better. But I thought overall the humor was really good. The pacing was good. I thought they did a good job of introducing you to a bunch of characters without like overwhelming me. Glenn Howardin, I think even if the character is very similar to Dennis, did a good job in this episode in fleshing out this character. So I definitely enjoyed it. I would be interested to watch more of it. I would say outside of what I've just watched you guys telling me that everyone gets super flanderized kind of hurts it for me because I don't want it to get too extreme. I kind of like just him being the, the one weird guy, but judging by this episode alone, there's enough there for sure for me to want to watch another episode. So I will say this, um, that is already four out of four. Uh, Gordo's vote will be included on S one E one pod on Instagram or X, I guess. There will be a graphic that will go up later in the week that will have his vote included in it also, but it is irrelevant because we already have enough for a passing. So with that being said, congratulations to AP Bio. You do live on to see another week with us. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Again, S1E1pod.com. 
That's where you can find all the links to all our social media, everywhere where you can listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Hit us up on Instagram and X. Do that. Like talking to you guys. Again, spread the word. Let other people know that we exist. If you have a friend that you think would enjoy this show, by all means, help them. This is all kind of grassroots. We don't have a budget for advertising and all that other stuff. We do this because we love it. We don't make any money back. So if you guys could help spread the word, that means a lot to us. It, it does a lot. Or send us money. Or yeah, or do that, I guess. Um, so again, thanks so much. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode for week three of Back to School next week. So stay tuned for that. We cover Abbott Elementary. Usually we don't tease our episodes, but we already announced them all ahead of time this month. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best female demon. <laughs>